let's say we have a users table and we want to be able to edit a record. And when we go to edit the record, there's a lot of different ways that we are able to display this to the end user. We can take them to a separate page and on that separate page, you would have the user form where you could modify and update the user. We could launch a model. So the focus would be taken off the table and then you'll get a small embedded window where you would be able to update the user or we could do it in line. So for example, if we go to edit a user, we can then see that these fields become editable. And once we update them, it updates it. And then we see our reflected changes. And so there's a lot of different ways that we are able to approach this to accomplish this kind of functionality. There's a few gems that you're able to use. You could also do something with a client-side framework like React, Vue, or Angular. You could even create a stimulus controller to handle this. But in this episode, I want to just show the basics of how we would create this without adding in any of the complexities of a JavaScript framework. And we're simply just going to use Rails UJS to accomplish this. And so to start off with this Rails application, I am using the latest Rails 6 release candidate one, but you're gonna be able to backport this to older version of Rails as well. I'll start by generating a scaffold, and I'm just going to create a user scaffold with a first name, a last name, and then also an email address. And once that is done, I'll go ahead and run RailsDB migrate to migrate the database. And currently there seems to be a bug in Rails 6 with Webpacker, so I'll just put a comment to that link, but the workaround is to add the environment.loaders, delete, and then the node modules. And so next I'll come into the index view for the users and on the edit button, I'll simply just add a remote and then true onto here. And this will make it an Ajax request using the Rails UJS. And so then let's go ahead and create a user. I'll create Jane Doe and I'll fill out the email address and then when we go back to the index section, we see the record. And if we click on the edit record, I'll first clear out my console. You can see that we got our edit as JS. And so this is falling back to the edit.html.erb because we don't have a JS.erb created. So I'll just simply rename the HTML.erb to the JS.erb and I'll clear out this file. And so when we go to click the edit link, we are passing in the user, but on the client side, we need to know which user it is that we're going to be working with. So I'm going to remove the row here, and instead, I'm going to use some ERB, so I'll create a content tag, I'll make the row, and I'll pass in an ID, and I'm going to use the Rails helper method, DOM underscore ID, and then I'll pass in the user record. And doing something like the DOM ID for a user, that might create a record user underscore. And if their ID is 10, then it would create that kind of ID for this element. And then I'll close out the content tag. So now we have an ID that we're gonna be able to reference within our JavaScript. So I'll first get our document dot get element by ID. I'll again specify our DOM ID. Then I'll pass in the user and we're using an instance variable user here because this is what's getting set within the controller. We can then insert an adjacent HTML. We're going to append after. So this would be the after end. And then we can render out a partial. And so the partial that I want to render, we could use our form partial. However, because the form partial is being used for the new records, and that's a bit out of scope for this episode, I'm just going to render a form 
called the inline form. And then we can pass our user record at user. And if we want to hide the original record afterwards, we can just grab the element by ID again. Then we can change the style, display, and we can set this to none. We still want to retain the original record there. So when we go to update our form, we're just going to replace the contents. All right, and for our inline form, we're going to have a form width. We're going to pass in our model as the user. We can give this an ID, so we're going to be able to reference to it later. We'll use the DOM underscore ID again. We'll pass in our user, but this ID would have already been taken on that page. So I'm going to pass in a second parameter, something like inline underscore form. And this is just going to extend the user underscore ID with inline form. And then we can create our block. And if we just copy and paste what we have in the normal form, then this might be a good starting point. All right, so coming back to our application and refreshing, I'm going to click on the edit, and you'll see that right off the bat, we have hidden the original row, and now we have a form here. But the problem is, if we make an update to this form, and if we try to update it, it doesn't actually do anything. And if we look in the terminal, it simply just has the JS request that we had created, and there's no JavaScript errors on the page. And the problem here is that we are unable to make changes to a form when it's embedded in a table. It's this really weird HTML thing that it just doesn't seem to work. And this isn't even a Rails thing. It's more of a HTML specification issue. And so one workaround, we could create a row that we would then inject in our form and we would have a column span which goes across the length of our table. Or another option is we can convert everything over into a div. So we can create a div table. And I came across this really cool website, which has a generator for div tables. And it is at divtable.com forward slash table dash styler. And so I'll just pick a style. I'll select div. And we have a lot of different options. I'm going to uncheck the height because I don't want that specified. And for the width, I'll make this 100%. I'll make it a small size because we're going to inject in our own text. And I'm going to uncheck the footer because I'm not going to have a footer in this example. And if we can scroll down, this is what it's going to look like. You can see that for each one of the rows that we have, we're not specifying anything special for the alternating colors. That's something that we're going to get by default with the horizontal stripes. So I'm going to copy out all of this text on the CSS. And for now, I'm going to just put it in the application CSS file. However, I would recommend moving this off into its own style sheet. And if you wanted, you can come through and rename these labels. There really isn't that much to it, and it should be pretty easy to change. I'll then come back, and I'll copy out the HTML side, and I'll go into our index view, and I'll just paste this in at the top, and now I need to move everything over from this table style to the new div style. And first, before I do anything, I'm going to just fix this formatting. And so with that formatting fix, I can now start coming in and then updating the head. So I'll have our first name, I'll have our last name, we'll have the email address, and then we'll also have our actions. And so once I've done that, I'm gonna go ahead and remove the head. Next, we need to loop through each one of the users. So I'll cut this, then I'll just replace one of these rows leaving the other one, just so I have something to reference. So for the row, we need to add a class. So we'll add our class, the div table row, and then we had to get rid of these column tags. And for the column tags, I'll just paste them in down to here. 
And I'll close these out, except for the last one, I'm going to just put all the links under one div. And then we can clean up the rest of our table. And now that we have our table built out with div elements instead of the table elements, we should now be able to have a form inline. So now in the inline form partial, we need to change each one of these divs. And I'm simply going to change the class to a div table cell. And then in the form, I'm going to add a class for the div table row. And one last thing I forgot to do within here, in the content tag, it's no longer a table row. Instead, now it is a div. And so coming back to our application now, if we refresh the page, we see our new table layout. If we go to edit the record, you see that we have each one of the fields in the appropriate column. And I would come back here and I'll clean up the inline form because we no longer need the labels. So refreshing and then editing the record again, we now don't have the labels and we can edit this record. If we update this, it updates it and then we can go back we can see that it persisted the changes. So one thing I would like to do next is when we go to update the record, I would like it to hide this form and then regenerate the new data right here on the same table. And one of the differences with using form width in the inline form that you may or may not be aware of is that by default, if you do a new generator, it's gonna come with an option, a local true. And if you have the local true set, then when you go to update this form or post it, then it's going to come over as an HTML. However, if we simply remove this, then it's going to come over as a Ajax request or a remote true. If you're using form four or something else like simple form, then you would still need to pass in the remote true in here. But in Rails six, or rather using the form with, we don't have to pass in the remote true. We just simply have to remove the local being set to true. So for the user, whenever they are updated, right now, even though we are passing in the Ajax request, there is no format to respond to for the JavaScript. So I'm going to simply just add a format.js, then pass in an empty hash. And by doing this, the Rails application is then going to try to render an update.js.erb file. So under our users folder, I'll go ahead and create the update.js.erb, and I'll just put in a alert Hello, updated user. So if we then go to update our user, we then get the alert. And so now in the JavaScript file, we can hide this form and then re-render the table data with the updated user. So we can get our document.get element by ID. And again, we're going to do our DOM underscore ID helper, and we're gonna pass in our user. And let's go ahead and hide the inline form. And for the inline form, we can simply just remove this because we don't need it anymore. We can then just copy this and I'm gonna remove the inline form because now we need to render the contents for our HTML to be displayed. So for the DOM ID user, so that's gonna be our row of data. We can call the inner HTML on here and we can set this equal to, we're then simply just going to render out our user. Because we are just passing in the user, it's automatically going to look under the users folder for a partial called user. And so for this user, I'm simply just going to take all of the contents from our index, and now we can simply just render our user within the index. In our partial, we can paste in this. And so now we have one place for the code being used for the index, but then also updating our record. And lastly, if you remember, we had set this row to be hidden. 
So once we've made our changes, we need to come in here and change the style, display, and there's several different options, but I found the one that's most compatible is the table dash row. And so coming back in here now, we can now edit the record. And once we make our changes and update, you now see that it re-renders it. All right, and adding in a few more records, if we then go and update these, we can update the record. And then once we save it, it saves it. And so even though we are doing a lot of client-side interactions on this episode, we didn't need to reach for a JavaScript framework because Rails was actually able to do it for us without all the added complexities. And while something like Stimulus might make this a little bit easier, I don't know if it's going to add so much benefit that we needed to create a Stimulus controller just for this. Because a lot of this was already pretty straightforward with just some simple Rails UJS. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.